Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And I'm emotionally damaged, but they call me Al. He's still reeling about last episode. I will forever be hurt by Sirius and I his know. passing. I know. Forever. I know. Because I have never in my life wanted a character like Sirius as in my life as badly as having read what he was for Harry. And then super wishing that and sort of having that in our uncle in Julio. And then him abandoning me because he didn't understand a situation and didn't even ask me and cut me out of his life. And then watching him die, his like fictional self die in Harry Potter was a lot for me when I was younger. And it is still a lot for me now. So, I understand, I understand that you have, in your mind, in your heart, created an equivalency between that situation and Sirius. Yes. Because they happened roughly at the same time. So, I get it. I'm more upset by Sirius than I am about our uncle, because F him. Oh, no, true. True, true, true. Because as a human being, he had the ability to reason and do more. Unfortunately, Sirius' death, Sirius's death was outside of his control. Well, the thing is, is that I spent... This, oh, we're going to go a little deep here for a sec, I guess. Um, but I spent a lot of weekends with him. I know. And, you know, back when before he was even married to who he's married to now. Mm-hmm. And when they were dating, even, having gone to visit her with her two daughters with him mm-hmm. while they were dating and me hanging out with his daughters and stuff like that. Like, it was a long, long time ago. And it was like, it, it made me happy that he would come to our house and invite me, specifically me, to go to IHOP with him or to go do this with him or just spend the weekend with him. And it was really special because our dad was a very busy person. So what I would suggest is if it bothers you, if it still bothers you, which it sounds like it does, is that as an adult, as, a, as man to man, you talk to him about it. You express your feelings and allow him the possibility to change because everybody has the ability but to he change. Doesn't, he doesn't have, he might have the ability to, but he's retired and doing his own thing and he's probably going to move down to Florida at some point to be with his two brothers uh, which is fine but wouldn't that be wouldn't it be nice if you could have some sort of relationship with him so that when you do if you do decide to go down to Florida to visit our father and our other uncle that you have somebody else that you can visit and that you can have a good time with wouldn't that be nice my relationship with him is is non-existent um, he, I, I never had the same level of relationship with him that you did. And he systematically basically cut me out of his life anyway. Um, and then, you know, he did something small 
that just showed me the kind of person he was and I have no desire to have that kind of person in my life however that's because of the way that he treated me if he were to start a re rekindle a relationship with you then that would be fine I wouldn't say no I wouldn't be upset I wouldn't even be annoyed like you're an adult you you're grown you're allowed to have your own set of relationships outside of of me outside of anyone in this family um he's kind of an a-hole but that would be secondary if you decided to rekindle a relationship with him you know yeah so anyway yes Sirius's death is is a difficult one kind of because none of us see it coming like no spoilers but there are deaths to come and there's one in particular that all of us saw coming there's one in particular that all of us saw coming not exactly the way it happened but we knew that it was going to happen oh yeah um based on what happens in in subsequent books but there are some this is one of the first ones that we see for ourselves they were like this doesn't make any sense so I think the first death in the series that really was impactful super impactful that was unnecessary besides Frank oh Frank. My, my dude is just like his story is so sad. He's he just went trying off, to do his job. He went off to World War II, came back, survived. Wasn't himself. Had PTSD because of what he saw. And then was And probably did. Exactly. And was treated like crap by the village people he came back to. Got a job. As best he could being a gardener for a big estate. And, and then, then when everyone mysteriously died... He was blamed for it. Dragged into the, the, the biggest town over. Blamed for it until he had to try and defend himself. And even though they couldn't blame him, there was no evidence to it. People still thought it was him. Up until the day he freaking died. Yeah. Because he decided to stay on the property. The only property he's known for his most of his adult life. Yes. And was murdered there. Like, that... No, people don't... <laughs> I know I'm making, like, a mountain out of a molehill, I guess. No, because death, senseless death is not okay, regardless of where it happens. Whether it's in what we call the real world, or whether it's in a fictional world. But the the character, the, the biggest character, the first character that we really connect with on, like, a deeper level, and it's not even that that, that deep, is Cedric. Yes. And his was super senseless. Yes. If Harry had just gone, yeah, okay, I'll take it, and went by himself, there would have been no kill to spare. Even even the line that got him murdered showed how unnecessary it was. Oh yeah. Kill the spare. Oh yeah. But this is the this is that book, the book before this one, um, 
Goblin of Fire was where it went from, for me, it went from being able to be considered a children's series to just a series. So the thing is, is that I take issue with people calling it a children's series. Oh, yeah. So this is why. is because the majority of the books are not for children. No. People, the only books that could be considered for children are the first two. Yes. Because the third one has to do with a mass murderer and time travel, which are... Well, number one, the first one is more of an adult concept, mass murderer. Time travel is a sci-fi concept. Those two inherently are not for children. Yeah. So you're telling me that... At that point, I would have given it a young adult rating, honestly. So, the thing is is that the first two books are world-building. Yes. They And even the second one is still not kid-friendly. Because murder. Because murder. Because racism and murder. Yeah. You'll be next, Mudbloods. It's literally one of the first, one of the biggest lines in that book. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Replace Mudblood with any racial slur you could think of, and imagine that being in a, in, in a book considered for children. Yes, yes, the main characters are children. Yes, the first book has a lot of world building in a low fantasy setting. Low fantasy meaning in our world, not a new world, but has magic and, and fantasy elements. Yes. So yes, the main characters are children in a low fantasy series, uh, a world, but does not mean that the, the series is for children. Agreed. There are adult concepts from the very beginning all the way to the end. Yeah, so, I mean, Harry's the boy who lived because his parents didn't. Exactly. Exactly. And so, like... His notoriety comes from his parents being murdered and him surviving someone trying to murder him. Yes. And so, calling Harry Potter a kid series is, like, so unbelievably disrespectful to me in my brain. And I understand people do that. Because, again, the main characters are children at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're children who make, like, very big adult decisions. Harry literally, at the end of the first book, is like, Well, I'm going to have to fight Voldemort, and I'm probably going to die, so you guys should turn around and, like, tell Dumbledore so he can catch Voldemort, basically. Yeah. Because he knows he's going to die. Because who, at 11, thinks, Well... I guess it's time for me to go fight this thing. This wizard who basically terrorized the magical community for years. The magical All by myself. And killed my parents and other powerful people. And the only person that he's afraid of is Dumbledore. And Dumbledore's nowhere nearby. Okay, cool. Like. (sighs) Yeah. So it's. and, And. So yeah. No. Children's series doesn't work for me. It is a delineation from the fourth book. From. The beginning, which is um, a little less... It's a little bit more... It's slightly lighter. Yes. Slightly. Ever so slightly. I I like the way that the movies did it, where the opening just gets darker and darker. Every movie. Yeah, yeah. It works. Because that is the turn that the books make. They just get darker and darker and heavier as you go along, and you don't realize it until you're halfway in and you're like, I'm already there. Like, I might as well just keep going into the darkness. Into the woods. But yeah, no. No children's book. So, talking about moving. Yes, because we I, we mentioned that we were going to go back to some extra stuff. So, I've been talking to a couple of friends and we were thinking about moving to Missouri. And buying a house together. It'd be four I of us. I apologize to everyone for, who listens to us who might be from 
Missouri. But you do realize that most of the rest of the country calls it misery. Yes. Okay. So, hear me out. And, like, I, I apologize. There's, there's, um... You do not look like the demographic. Correct. But hear me out. I don't go outside. Yeah, gotcha. but if someone delivers something to your house and they see Big Brown Dude... I mean, I don't think they're just going to go... It's a brown man. Attack! No, I think I'm going to be pretty okay, for the most part. People have had cops call on them for gardening outside of their homes. Well, it's a good thing that they brown. for someone to do it. <sighs> We're going to wait in the end. We decided to wait a little bit because the, the housing market is in a crash. Yes. So we're going to wait, but we found a sick property. I'm going to show it to you later. It literally has a diner in the basement. So, with that information in mind, the reason why we were so set on going to Pennsylvania last weekend was because we were going to look at houses. Yes. And we did look at a bunch of houses. And we had actually settled on a property that we were going to put an offer in on. Um, But they had had a... They had had a property. They had had an inspection done. So they had been under contract about a month ago. And they had an inspection done by the prospective buyers. And the prospective buyers were like, hey, guess what? We're going to back out of this because the inspector said that the roof is not near end of life or... You know, maybe you should think about it. They said, no, your roof is at end of life. You need to change this. You need to replace it. Okay. And the sellers instead of said, the seller said, nope. And just lowered the price of the house about $20,000, which would be the cost of a roof. However, if you guys are thinking of buying a house and you're going to do an FHA loan, which is a first time home buyer's loan. There is a rigorous inspection that needs to be done, an assessment that needs to be done. And if the house does not meet that criteria, the FHA loan won't go through. So we saw this. We talked about it. We even talked about a special kind of FHA loan, which is a 203K FHA loan, which you can roll in repairs into. Uh, So it's it's the FHA K loan. Yeah. It's actually a two or three. I know, I know, but yeah. it, in, when you ask about it, yeah, you can literally just go FHA space parentheses K. Yeah, but there it is so. So you uh, can okay. get it. You can get pre-approved for it. Mm-hmm. You can get the funds, but there's a whole process to do it. To like, so you have to get it assessed, and then the assessor has to say what needs to be done, and then you have to hire a HUD contractor mm-hmm. who acts as the go-between, and then that go-between has you have to find the the repair people, the contractors who are on an FHA approved list who can do the work, and somebody has to be available. You can't live there until the repairs are done, but somebody has to be available to oversee the repairs. So. Then, so why are you contracting a, a HUD person, right? But you have to still be there. And then an assessor has to come out again to make sure that it's done. And then you can finalize the process. So, so look, this is the property that, we were that house is gone. 
but we will press on. We will find something soon, sooner rather than later, because we actually, we took a day off from looking at things online, um, and yesterday we looked at some places that we might, that we're going to actually physically look at next weekend. Oh, nice. So, our well, plan is to basically not have to, yes, our plan is basically to not have to renew our lease. Mm-hmm. Our lease is up at the end of October. When we were thinking of moving in, moving to New York, I actually talked to our rental agency and they said, hey, just give us a heads up. You've been with us for a while now. So like a month or two, we're not going to say anything. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking of a lot of like different things that I want to do. Um, because I don't go outside super often, which I, I do want to sort of correct to some degree. I do want to explore a little more. You're an indoor kitty. I am, 100%. But I also sometimes go outside. You're um, like you're like my cats. The first time they ever wanted to go outside, it just happens to be snowing and you accidentally touch snow and now you never want to go outside again. I like snow. But not you're, shoveling. You're missing the... I'm missing the big picture. Yes. I know. Um, yeah, you're correct, but also, stop. Stop attacking you? Yes. I wasn't attacking you, I could attack you. It felt like one. Would Um, you like me to attack you? No. Okay, then. Because you are a civilized human, hopefully. Most of the time. Interesting. I have my moments where I can be a savage, but I try not to let them come out very often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is probably why I have the dreams I have, but whatever. So anyway, we're just gonna keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, looking at different like housing options, looking for something either with friends or something more self-sufficient on my own kind of thing. So um, you can buy a parcel of land not too far from where we are thinking of moving for like fifteen thousand dollars. That could work. Another thing that I was looking at, which is super cool, that we would actually be able to do together. I already found the perfect property. I'm not sure if we could get it. It's probably already gone. Did you know that you can buy old schools and rehab, refurb them into apartments, like the classrooms into apartments? I found one in New Jersey for 290K. It's 11 classrooms one main office and three like other rooms which is like one's a gym one's like the cafeteria another one is like whatever Uh, 290k in in theory that sounds lovely in practice ghosts so i'm gonna mm, they typically it's not oh it is a catholic one exactly we could could get we get it sorted Uh, we know know people we know things we get it sorted so anyway, two ninety k for eleven classrooms. I understand that, bro. There is there was actually an opportunity that I saw on Realtor.com that I can send to you. Mm-hmm. It's a two family home in in the area of Pennsylvania that we were looking at for like two hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and it already has long term residents in there that. If you buy the house, they would want to try to stay. It says it in the listing. Okay. 
So it's like guaranteed like money. Yeah. You just buy it and you're just like gaming money. Yeah, pretty much. And the only reason we wouldn't do that is because we're trying to find a house to live in. We don't want to have to kick people out. We're not heartless jerks. Well, so the opportunities for if the people want to stay, then like pay rent. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, anyway, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that that's what's happening. We're all making moves. Those are my three things that I was talking about. Yeah, you said those were the three things you were talking about. Which is looking for a big property in terms of, like, room, like rooms to buy with friends. Mm-hmm. And then all, all of us pay rent and just exist together. Yeah. Cohab kind of thing. I'm just going to tell you, we are, we are in this time in our lives where our parents are not going to be around forever. So I would hazard you to move more than a couple of hours away only because you're you're going it you would feel terrible if you weren't able to be around for certain things true so maybe i'm not saying i'm not poo-pooing on your dreams i'm saying maybe move your dreams closer we were talking about this sounds so stupid i was talking about pennsylvania because all the pennsylvania has fairly cheap properties yes um and one of my friends she lives in missouri currently she's like what because she's like deathly afraid of insects oh and so she's like what is like the big insect there and she's bears also <laughs> but she's she had a tick once oh yeah no and had ticks. like a mental breakdown about a normal tick on her that she pulled out of her and it was like number one don't just willy-nilly pull a tick out of you you have to do the thing do, like, with the, the oil and, and the this the, yeah, and, all, yeah all the stuff to have it like actually detach from you because if you leave part of it in you run the risk of giving yourself something and it was like oh the biggest like like pest i guess in pa in pennsylvania are deer ticks Mm -hmm. which transmit lyme disease Mm -hmm. and she said i'm out and i was like oh my god and and um unfortunately the ones that are super huge in Texas, the Lone Star ticks, you know, the ones that make people have meat allergies? Yes. They're well, she's, moving. She's vegan. She's pleased. Oh, so she'd be fine. Yeah, she'd be like, oh my god, I hate meat even more. Great. <laughs> I'd be like, no! Yeah. I'd scream and cry. Yeah, they're moving. Those, those ticks are moving across the country. Great. All over it. So, yay! Huzzah. Um, what else? I think that... Oh, spiders. And I think the brown recluse is, like, big in... in well, the brown, re- brown recluse is big here, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, which is why she's like, well, if it's just normal takes Missouri, he's fine. Um, and I was like, oh, bro. Uh, another thing was, not Texas because scorpions. We found an oh, yeah. incredible location in Texas. Hear me out. Expensive. Super expensive. No, no, no. Where, you said Texas and I'm out. Uh, abortion. So, no... Well, not, not abortion, out. just, you know, like, we're brown. That's and humans. I'm just saying. But no, 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 no. It was a, pl- a mansion, basically, mm-hmm. that had the perfect little spot for, like, quinceaneras and stuff. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. It was like, we could literally just, like, rent out this portion of the property for quinceaneras, like, every other weekend for, like, 10K, 5K, 10K, something like that, and literally just pay off the rent with that money. Like, we'd be good at the pay anything. Yeah. We were, like, legitimately thinking about it, like, 
This could be a thing. Well, and that's the thing. In that house that I showed you, the one that we talked about, yes. there was enough space to basically both of us have our own offices, me to have a study aside from an office. Yeah. Um, set up a a living room, obviously in the in the living room space with the with the fireplace, but a secondary like chill hangout spot in the basement, along with extra sleeping areas in the basement on top of the two bedrooms that were on the second floor, on the first floor rather. Mm-hmm. So there was so much space, we didn't know what we were going to do with all the space. So that's kind of the standard of what we're looking for now. Our poor real estate agent, she was like, no, I understand. No, I get it. After she set up the 55-page contract to submit our or our offer. Because in Pennsylvania, you have to actually fill out the entire contract to submit your offer. Yeah. Like, each state does it differently. But at least, like, we were reviewing it to give her our details and all of that wonderfulness. And then we were like... Mm, let's make sure we know enough about this loan to do it. No, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. Um, yeah, but that, that, that's the stuff that I've been thinking of. Uh, I've been talking to people about. Um, I think we're going to hold out until there's the, 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 market, the housing market crash. And then we're going to look for something. Um, I would say start looking now. Um... If it goes down, then it goes down. It's already starting to go down a little bit. Um, However, I would say if you find something, go for it. Because what's happening as well is that it's becoming a buyer's market and people are snatching stuff up. So if you find something you love in a decent enough area that is not too far for you to, to come back if you need to for a weekend or two, um, then I would say put some more action behind it um otherwise just leave it alone well if it's missouri missouri is like a three four hour flight it's like nothing i could literally do that in the morning get here for lunch you say that but then putting it into practice is different because you'd have to have the money to buy the flight true and then you'd have to figure out a way to get from the airport to the house well, someone pick me up. What the hell? Well, no, yeah, like, but people, if I people live, do not pick me up. Like, but if I live two hours away, and you're okay. like, "Hey, can you pick me up from the airport?" Someone has to come pick me up. Like, I understand that. I'm just saying. Or else I will take the next flight right back to Missouri and go back to my room and be like, "I tried." I wouldn't actually be ridiculous. No, but... you would take an Uber. What What's wrong with you? <sighs> True. Anyway. Listen, I'm being difficult. Let me be. You difficult. really are being difficult. You never let me be difficult. You know what isn't difficult? What? If you were to like, follow, and subscribe. Super easy. I'm leaving. No, you're not. I'm leaving. Super easy. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We're on Instagram. We're kind of, sort of on Twitter as well. You can listen to us on any of the podcast streaming services. We're hosted on Podbean, but you can listen to us anywhere. Um, Like, follow, subscribe, comment. We basically always answer everything. So, yeah. yeah. Do it. Okay. Yes. So, we are in, um, goodness, 
season five. Hold on. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, season five, episode 42, chapter 36, the only one he ever feared. Yes. Recap. Series dead. They were, we were in the Ministry of Magic with everyone in the Department of Mysteries. Voldemort wants a prophecy, prophecy broken by Neville by accident. All of the teenagers are in some form of disarray, either hurt or unconscious or both. Um, and as, as Al mentioned so unceremoniously, Sirius died at the hand of his cousin, Bellatrix. Okay. There's only hate in my heart for Bellatrix. I know. Okay. I know. So, would you like to... <coughs> would you like to start us off? Stunned, Harry is unable to believe that Sirius is dead. Not like... Not not stupefied. But like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he's dead. What the heck? That kind of stunned. Lupin restrains Harry as he attempts to reach the archway and save Sirius. Meanwhile, Dumbledore has rounded up most of the Death Eaters, though Kingsley is still dueling Bellatrix. Jinxing Shacklebolt... Uh, Bellatrix exits the amphitheater. Okay. So this is what happens. Harry goes after her. He ran. He could hear a lift clattering ahead of him. He sprinted up the passageway, swung around the corner, and slammed his fist onto the button to call a second lift. Okay. It jangled and banged lower and lower. Uh, The grill slid open, and Harry dashed inside. Now hammering the button marked atrium. The door slid shut and he was rising. He forced his way out of the lift before the grills were fully open and looked around. Bellatrix was almost at the telephone lift at the other end of the hall, but she looked back as he sprinted toward her and aimed another spell at him. He dodged behind the fountain of magical brethren. The spell zoomed past him and hit the rock gold gates at the end of the atrium, so they rang like bells. There were no more footsteps. She had stopped running. He crouched behind the statues, listening. Come out, come out, little Harry, she called in her mock baby voice, which echoed off the polished wooden floors. What did you come after me for, then? I thought you were here to avenge my dear cousin. Hate in my heart. Mm. I am, shouted Harry. Um, and a score of ghostly Harrys seemed to echo, I am, I am, I am, all around the room. And did you love him, little baby Potter? And this is when Harry does something that we didn't for- see ha- coming forward. Um, he aims one of the unforgivable curses at her. He flung himself out from behind the fountain and bellowed, Curcio! Bellatrix screamed. The spell had knocked her off her feet, but she did not writhe and shriek with pain as Neville had. She was already on her feet again, breathless, no longer laughing. Harry dodged behind the golden fountain again, blah, blah, blah. And this is where we get some good advice from Bellatrix. She might be crazy, but she knows what she's talking about, right? Because she's done it before. Mm -hmm. Never used an unforgivable curse before, have you, boy? She yelled. She had abandoned her baby voice now. You need to mean them, Potter. You need to really want to cause pain. To enjoy it. 
Righteous anger won't hurt me for long. I'll show you how it's done, shall I? I'll give you a lesson. And she sure enough did. She, she screamed Crucio, and he was forced to duck behind, duck down again as the centaur's arm, holding its bow, spun off and landed with a crash on the floor at a short distance from the golden wizard's head. <sighs> yes. Um, uh, <clears throat> Harry chases into the atrium, like you said, vowing to kill her, which he does. Well, he doesn't kill her, but he vows it. <laughs> um... There's more fighting, more back and forth, more throwing spells at each other. They're stupefied. Protegos, I'm going to give you one chance. Give me the prophecy. Roll it towards me now, and I may spare your life. Well, guess what? It's smashed. Destroyed. He actually says, Smashing. well, you're going to have to kill me because it's gone. <coughs> and what? he knows it, said Harry your with a mad laugh to match Beltrix. Voldemort knows it's gone. He's not going to be happy with you, is he? What? What do you mean? She cried, and for the first time there was fear in her voice. The prophecy smashed when I was trying to get Neville up the steps. What do you think Voldemort will say about that, then? Liar! You've got it, Potter. I know, and you will give it to me. Ask your prophecy. Ask your prophecy. Harry laughed again because he knew it would incense her. The pain building in his head so badly he thought his skull might burst. Nothing there, he shouted. Nothing to summon. It smashed, and nobody heard what it said. Tell your boss that. No, she screamed. It isn't true. You're lying. Master, I tried. I tried. Do not punish me. Don't waste your breath, yelled Harry. He can't hear you from here. Can't I, Potter? No, no. How did, how did Ralph find the heat of his voice? It was breathy. Yeah. And a little... Oh, I, I don't care. The, I don't his wanna, process was so amazing. Yeah. So that's when Voldemort suddenly appears, super angry that his Death Eaters have failed him yet again. I mean, at this point, should they be called Death Eaters <laughs> or like Failure Eaters? I don't know. They're better failing than they are killing. Right? I think that he, the fact that Voldemort has a nickname for Bellatrix is like kind of cute and also sinister. What does Be he call quiet, it? Bella. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, okay. So, do you want, can I go into spoiler territory? There are spoilers. Okay, we already told you we were going to do it. So, I think that the reason... I feel like it's false, but he's doing it to play into, number one, her insecurities, and number two, her insanity. Because she's... she's Bella is hella insecure, and hella insane. Let's just put it out there. She because was, Bella is in love with him, and if he can give her the little... the one little thing that she wants from him, which is her feeling like she matters more than everyone else to him, then why not? All it does is giving... All, all it takes is giving her a nickname for her to be deathly loyal. Like, like a death yes. soldier. Yes. So it makes sense that he's doing this, but he doesn't feel it. He can't feel it. 
He's he. That's why he's never really had any friends. That's why he's never had a relationship that anyone ever talks about. Like he just can't. Like he can go through the motions, but it, he is devoid of the emotion. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. And, and look, so, I managed to not go into any spoilers. Oh snap, go. go me. So in his anger, Voldemort tells her to be quiet and continues to silence her. And finally, and finally, tells Harry, you've been a thorn in my side for too long. I, can I just read what Voldemort says? Go for it. So you smashed my prophecy. No, Bella, he is not lying. I see the truth looking at me from within his worthless mind. Months of preparation. Months of effort. And my Death Eaters have let Harry Potter thwart me again. I would be very scared. Yeah. Okay. That's what I have nothing more to say to you, Potter. You have irked me too often for too long. Elvada Kadavra. Yep. But then the statue of the uh, gold of the wizard, the golden wizard in the fountain, sprung to life, leaping off the plinth in front of Harry in between uh, him and Voldemort, and the spell hit it. Um, glancing off of its chest as the statue flung out its arms, protecting Harry. What? what? Dumbledore. And it's always Dumbledore. Dumbledore it's always Dumbledore. True. Dumbledore's the one who gets there too late so, most of the time, and then Dumbledore is the one that thwarts everything. Yep. Dumbledore enters the atrium and manipulates a stone figure to protect Harry, while the witch statue pins Bellatrix to the floor. Oh my gosh! Dumbledore and Voldemort fiercely duel while Harry can only watch. And Dumbledore starts with, It was foolish to come here tonight, Tom. The Aurors are on their way. So, Harry is one of the few people who's okay with calling Voldemort Voldemort. And Dumbledore ups it by not just calling him Voldemort, but calling him by his real name. He's like, listen, Tom. Mm-hmm. Listen, Tommy boy. You, you messed up. Well, this is the thing that I dislike so immensely about the movies. Because, slight spoiler, even though we're about to get into it right now anyway. Yeah. Is that in the movie, Dumbledore is always in the back foot against Voldemort. Mm-hmm. In the book, Dumbledore is overpowering Voldemort immensely. Well, because in the movie, they have to make it seem like Voldemort has a chance. Yeah. Whereas in the book, it's like, no, Dumbledore is an agent of good, so Dumbledore has to be the one who is effortlessly doing this, while Voldemort's the one try- scrambling to try to keep up. Well, it's also the fact that if, Voldemort, if Dumbledore wanted to defeat Voldemort, which by Voldemort's definition, Dumbledore could kill Voldemort. That's not yeah. a problem. Yes, it will require effort. And it yes. would break his moral code because I don't think that necessarily Dumbledore is against killing, particularly. No, I think it's got to be for a very good reason, I think. I think that if it would 100% solve the issue of Voldemort, Dumbledore wouldn't mind damaging. Or Voldemort wouldn't mind was said the, the biggest spoiler. Yes. I don't think Dumbledore would mind dispatching Voldemort. If it would solve all the problems. Yes. But if Voldemort can bring himself back once, he could probably do it again. He's spicy that way. Yeah, but he's not he even a like good spicy. Caracha. No, he's like that, that disgusting sauce from, from Hot Ones. The bomb. 
He's like that one. He's spicy, but not in a good way. True. If you so, guys have ever had it, you feel our pain. If you guys haven't had it, please don't. Don't ever have it. Yeah. Please it's don't. Not, it's not, there's there, no point. No, there is no no clout. There is nothing. It's gross. Don't do it. So, the duel is a lot less interesting in this book compared to the movie, to be honest, where the, the fire serpent and the water and the, the, the sand and the glass and the... Ah. Um, Voldemort just tries to Avada Kedavra him over and over, basically. There's a little more to it, but... Oh, this is where you get to see the fundamental difference. So, <coughs> Dumbledore is not trying to kill him. He says um, he's just trying to shield and move him around, and he's like, you, done, you do not seek to kill me, Dumbledore? Above such brutality, are you? We both know that there are other ways of destroying a man, Tom. Merely taking your life would not satisfy me, I admit. There's nothing worse than death, Dumbledore. You are quite wrong. Indeed, your failure to understand that there are things much worse than death has always been your greatest weakness. Another jet of green light flew from behind the silver shield. This time it was the one-armed centaur galloping in front of Dumbledore that took the blast and shattered into a hundred pieces. But before the fragments had even hit the floor, Dumbledore had drawn back his wand and waved it as though brandishing a whip. A long, thin fire flew from the tip. It wrapped itself around Voldemort, shield and all. For a moment, it seemed Dumbledore had won, but then the fire rope became a serpent, which relinquished its hold uh, upon Voldemort at once and turned, hissing furiously to face Dumbledore. Voldemort vanished. The snake reared from the floor, ready to strike. Harry yells, look out! Bell you know, there's some more stuff happening. Bellatrix screams, master! And for the first time, Dumbledore well, Fox, looks frightened. Fox ate the, the killing curse. Yes. For Dumbledore. Yes. Um, and then Harry's scar burst open. He knew he was dead. It was pain beyond imagining. Pain past endurance. He was gone from the hall. He was locked in the coils of a creature with red eyes, so tightly bound that Harry did not know where his body ended and the creatures began. They were fused together, beyond, bound by pain, and there was no escape. And when the creature spoke, it used Harry's mouth, so that, his, so that in his agony, he felt his jaw move. Kill me now, Dumbledore. Blinded and dying, every part of him screaming for release, Harry felt the creature use him again. If death is nothing, Dumbledore, kill the boy. Let the pain stop, thought Harry. Let him kill us. End it, Dumbledore. Death is nothing compared to this. And I'll see Sirius again. <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. <clears throat> and as Harry's heart filled with emotion, the creature's coils loosened. The pain was gone. Harry was lying face down on the floor, his glasses gone, shivering as though he lay upon ice, not wood. And there were voices echoing through the hall, more voices than there should have been. Harry opened his eyes, saw his glasses laying at the heel of the headless statue that had been guarding him, but which now lay flat on its back, cracked and immobile. He put them on, meaning his glasses, because that sounded weird, like that wasn't phrased correctly, yeah. and raised his head an inch to find Dumbledore's crooked nose inches from his own. Are you all right, Harry? 
Yes, said Harry, shaking so violently he could not hold his head up properly. Yeah, I am. Where's Voldemort? Where? Who are all these? What's? The atrium was full of people. So who was everyone there? It was a bunch of Aurors and Fudge. He was there, shouted a scarlet robed man with a ponytail who was pointing at a pile of golden rubble on the other side of the hall where Bellatrix had lain trapped moments before. I saw him, Mr. Fudge. I swear, it was you-know-who. He grabbed the woman disapparated. I know, Williamson. I know. I saw him, too. Gibbered Fudge, who was wearing pajamas under his pinch-striped cloak and was gasping as though he had just run miles. Merlin's beard! Here! Here! In the Ministry of Magic! Great heavens above! It doesn't seem possible! My word! How can this be? Sorry, I had to do it super overdramatic because I feel like that's how Fudge would have been. If you proceed downstairs into the Department of Mysteries, Cornelius, you will find several escaped Death Eaters contained in the Death Chamber, bound by an anti-disapparation jinx, and awaiting your decision as to what to do with them. Dumbledore, you? Here? I... I... Cornelius. And then I was because he did the whole... He looked like he had a thing which was like, seize him. Yeah, <clears throat> he did. Uh... Cornelius, I am ready to fight your men, men, and win again. <laughs> Spicy Dumbledore. <laughs> but a few minutes ago, you saw proof, with your own eyes, that I have been telling you the truth for a year. Lord Voldemort has returned. You have been chasing the wrong men for twelve months, and it is time you listen to sense. I don't... well... very well. Dolish, Williamson, go down to the Department of Mysteries and see... Dumbledore, you you will need to tell me exactly. The Fountain of Magical Brethren, what happened? We can discuss that after I have sent Harry back to Hogwarts. Harry? Harry Potter? Here? Why? What's all this? I shall explain everything when Harry is back at school. So he makes um, the Golden Wizard's head... A porky. And... Portis. Yes. And before he's able to send it back, Fudge says, Now see here, Dumbledore, you haven't got authorization for that porky. You can't do things like that right in front of the Minister of Magic. You, you... You will give the order to remove Dolores Umbridge from Hogwarts. You will tell your Aurus to stop searching for my care of magical creatures, teacher, so he can return to work. I will give you half an hour of my time tonight, in which I think we shall be more than able to cover the important points of what has happened here. After that, I shall need to return to my school. If you need more help from me, you are, of course, more than welcome to contact me at Hogwarts. Letters addressed to the headmaster will find me. I, you... Take this port key, Harry. I shall see you in half an hour. One, two... Harry felt the familiar sensation of a hook being jerked behind his navel. The polished wooden floor was gone from beneath his feet. The atrium, Fudge, and Dumbledore had all disappeared, and he was flying forward in a whirlwind of color and sound. Damn. So, I think a big thing is that it wasn't just Voldemort being able to see into Harry's mind. Voldemort 
literally possessed Harry. And I always thought At the that end, was yes. yes. And I always thought that was a very neat inclusion into the series. And it makes much more sense later. Yes. Um, but it's very like Well, we've already seen Voldemort possess somebody before. We saw that in Chamber of Secrets with Ginny. But it wasn't even... It wasn't current Voldemort possessing Ginny. It was Voldemort from the past. An echo of Voldemort. Who isn't nearly as powerful as the full-fledged wizard Voldemort. (coughs) Yes. Take over Ginny. Yes. So this isn't something new, but this is incredible. It's something... Like, far, far more almost, like, malevolent. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, but yeah. Now everyone is aware that he's back. I mean... And I love how Dumbledore was like, like I've been telling you for a year. You saw it with your own eyes. I think when I was... Why are you still coming after me, bro? While listening to the audiobook in Jim Dale... Like, his, his Dumbledore voice is so perfect. And he's just like, listen, if you want to, they can attack me. And I'll win again. I'll beat them. Again. One more time. Oh, so good. I'm, I'm going to listen to it later, to be honest. I have, I have a, I know I have you a are. credit for it, so I'm going to listen to it. Uh, the next chapter uh, is one that, like, really is, like, like hit, hits home for me. Because... It's sort of how I react internally when I feel like something something really bad happens to me. I sort of blame myself and I try to like, I don't know, just like rage. I feel rage. I feel frustration. And that's something that Harry feels in the next chapter, which I'm, we're going to go over later. Well, before we go into but the next chapter, which we won't do today. We will not do But that. before we go into that, I just want to say that anger is actually a secondary emotion. Anger comes from something else. Anger comes from happiness, sadness. Um, it, co- it comes from what are considered primary emotions. So if you can't address the primary emotion in, in Harry's... In, in, in this instance, obviously it's grief because well, yeah, his, say it's his godfather died in front of him. Um, and he couldn't... And he like couldn't do anything. Yeah, he couldn't avenge him. He couldn't do anything. He tried, and the person laughed at him. And I think so, that's the hardest part for him to sort of deal with as well, is his attempt to avenge that person who was always there for him. Was shrugged off. Yeah. But, like I said, it's... Anger is just a secondary emotion um, that you need to, you basically need to figure out what that initial emotion is. So there's, there's a bunch of studies that actually say there's somewhere between five and eight. Um, joy being the opposite of sadness. Um, fear is, is, anger is based in fear. Um, you know, surprise, like anticipation is the opposite of surprise. There's a bunch of them. Um, but I would say that it's very clear what his primary emotions are. Yeah, 
<sighs> and anger can be a good motivation for a lot of things, as long as you don't let it consume you. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, he's 15 years old, 16 years old. His anger consumes him. True. Because he doesn't know how to stop it. Nobody's ever cared enough to show him how to... how Not stop it, but, like, manage it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel really bad for Harry because everyone that he can connect to that had any kind of, like, ties to his parents never last for long. And not uh, even death. Hagrid. Not even death. I know, but Hagrid... Hagrid isn't there when he's at the Dursleys. Hagrid isn't there, like, when he's just doing his normal classes or doing homework. Hagrid is there for when he can get away from having to do school things and during, cla- like, their classes and stuff. But, like, I don't know. Hagrid always... I don't know. It's so weird. Because Hagrid is, like, another father figure, but he feels detached in a way compared to Sirius. Sirius is actively, like, there for Harry. They're trying to give him advice in, like, to every capacity. But Hagrid is sort of more, like, hands-off in there when... Well... Things are... I don't know. I don't even know. Well, but I also think that that's partly because, unfortunately, Sirius sees Harry as James Part Two, and well, and which makes do, sense because he's been that. in in he was in Azkaban for twelve years, and he, he he went right after his friend died. So it makes sense that he's transferred those feelings that he had for his friend to his friend's son. Yeah, but I also think it has something to do with the fact that Sirius is sort of that James replacement, whereas Hagrid isn't. Yeah, I guess. Harry, (laughs) As I look at Hagrid up there. Yes. Harry cares very much about Hagrid. Very, very much about Hagrid. But when poop hits the fan Harry immediately jumps at Sirius yes. I need to let Sirius know I need Sirius's opinion and I think it's again because Sirius is that James replacement whereas for Sirius Harry is a James replacement <sighs> alright well we've talked about this for a little bit and both of us are sad now yes alright we will talk to you guys later I shall weep Goodbye. Bye.